Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just seen his first Edinburgh Fringe show. It's Richard Harris. <laughs> Yeah. Hello there, Edinburgh. I'm nearly better. Oh, welcome. Oh, no, I've dropped everything on the floor. It's a disastrous start. How are you doing? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming along. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lock Siphoning Todger podcast. Uh, that's what I came up with today. It's change of direction. I'm, I'm travelling around Scotland now with the podcast, uh, putting my penis into every lock I can find and seeing how much I can just siphon off daily and then I squirt it. It's like it's a knockout without the um, underage sex. Uh, and then there's... I then siphon it into a thing and then there's a dipstick uh, which have a lock I get the most water out of wins. So that's the new... I don't know if my guests are prepared for that. But I was hanging out with uh, the interchangeable three men sketch groups whose posters is just them all pulling this exact same face. Um, they all call it Relastable, those guys. All of those guys do... And I can say that because I did my fair share of those posters as well. As long as you look funny on the poster, right, that's all. Oh, that'll be funny because they've got a funny face. That is... Keep it up, guys. Good work. Uh, I was... Um, I have been to see a show. I'll talk about that first. Uh, I'm only going to see kids' shows this uh, year because uh, I've got my family up with me. And I would very much like to recommend to any families, don't go without kids, you'll look weird. Um, <laughs> And you probably are weird, so please don't go if you listen to this. Uh, don't mess with the dummies. Uh, this is an str- Australian triplet. Uh, tri- triple? No, they're not triplets, I don't think. Three fantastic Australian uh, sort of circus performers. It, generally brilliant. My two-year-old son has never sat still for more than 30 seconds in his life. He got through 40 minutes before he even started fidgeting. It was incredible. So th- go and see that. That's just a recommend. Uh, uh, I, was, I was looking forward, actually, to uh, doing some uh, topical material because, you know, this is... A lot, you know, this goes out today. That's, that's very rare now. With the we got we got till December with the podcast already in the can, so it's quite unusual to. So I was looking forward to doing topical material, and then I saw the news today, and that was not so good. Uh, why? Why is it with America? They're so unlucky with gun crime, aren't they? What's that? What's the way? 
They're so unlucky. It happens so... Two uh, gun crime, terrible shooting sprees in the same 12-hour period. It's uh, incredible. Uh, there have been more gun sprees America this year, in America this year than I have had Soleros. That is, that is how bad... I eat at least one Solero a day. Most countries work on the... If we get less gun sprees than Richard Herring eats Solero's index, then that's fine. Most of them are doing pretty well. Most of them are actually on the same number of alcoholic units I've had so far this year. Uh, so uh, that's a pretty uh, tragic thing. Well, I can't work out what it is about America that's so different. Why is it, why is it them that get it? I can't... Uh, if only we could work out what the problem <laughs> was then I'm sure we could solve it. So as you can see, it's very funny news. In the, new, the news has been a very funny news today. Uh, and I would just like to say to people at home, uh, do come along and see the show, We've, uh, or listen to it at home. I hope you listen to all of them. You don't have to listen to all of them, but if you want to, you can. We've got some big names coming up. Uh, we, we've got a day off tomorrow, because you know, I'm, t- I'm 52 years old. Uh, and then on Tuesday, we've got Vicky Stone and Sophie Ducker. On uh, Wednesday, we've got, which is nearly sold out, because that's two for one. So, you know, we're in Scotland. Uh, and uh, just... Uh, by the by, uh, uh, Jade Adams and David O'Doherty on Wednesday. John Robbins on Thursday returning to come to that. Hardly sold anything. He's lost it. He's lost it. Uh, and Janie Godley and Ashley Story on uh, Friday. We've got Tommy Tin and Richard Osmond, Sarah Kendall, Tony Slattery coming up. So please uh, do come and see a show. You can see more than one if you want. Uh, and oh, there's Liam there. He's back. For, if anyone's coming to, has anyone come to more than uh, three shows yet? There's been three. Has anyone come to three? Only Liam. Uh, I've got, Liam's come, he's going to win this book unless someone comes to more shows than him. And uh, I'm going to give him a gift, which is £80 off a, taste, uh, a case of wine with a future sponsor of this show. <laughs> so, well done. It's good. If you come to more, you'll end up paying you back. It seems stupid for you to come to all of them, you fucking idiot. Uh, but, uh, but thank you for doing so. Uh, and uh, uh, th- at the end of the show, I hope you've got a programme at the end of the show. We'll be doing a collection for Scope, as always, which is a fantastic charity. I'm patron of which uh, is uh, dedicated to trying to get equal rights and access for disabled people. Uh, if you like that programme, would like to give some money on the way out, there'll be buckets. Uh, I'll, there'll also be a bucket on the table. I'll be doing signings, and I'm happy to do selfies, and I'm happy to sign your programme. I'm selling some books as well after the show. Uh, or you can text Herring70085 and you'll donate £5 to Scope. You can do that at home. If you change it to Herring3, it'll be £3. Herring20, it'll be £20. Whatever you want to do. That's just for you at home. Uh, if you want to join in with that. Right, let's crack on with the show. You love the old gun spree material, so I think we're all warmed up. <laughs> Might come up again. Uh, I, my first guest today uh, is probably best known for playing Katie in Carpeted After Hours. That is... That's why we're here. We've all come. That's why 200... I, tell you, I, I can see the exact sales figures every single day for this show on a, on a web page, and it has ruined my life. I look, at it, I look at it every five minutes. There are 224 people in today. So, um, will you please welcome the amazing Jennifer Friedman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Welcome. Sit down. Uh, pick up a microphone in there. No, thank you so much for doing this. This is incredible. Um, you're much too high profile for, for this show. Katie. I'm Katie. If you're, you're not recognizing me, it's Katie from Can't that did, student film in 2007. Was it what, what, what was Katie's? I don't even gym? know. I don't think I had a speaking role. My friends <laughs> were <laughs> film students, and I just helped them out by being in a. I don't even know what it was about. It was some surreal student film in Chicago in like 2007. Okay. But it was my first credit on IMDb. That's why, that's why I picked it. It's difficult with an American guest because I might accidentally pick something that is really Legit. good. And so I had to be very careful. Could have picked The Daily Show. I don't know what that is. Uh, so um, you're, uh, you're American. Uh, yeah, I am. Do you have any answer to why there's all the, the gun sprees? The, the gun, I, I have a lot to say about it. I, I mean, it's why I'm here. It's the only place I can say it safely. We can't joke about shootings in America because they happen all the time. We can't even talk about them, but it is getting easier to talk about because they're daily and like practice makes perfect. <laughs> um, but I think you know the gun lobby uh, has a lot of control over our politicians and our p- particularly our Republican politicians, and so uh, a lot's going to come down to this next election to try to get people who are not cool with kids getting shot. Um, yeah. In office. Yeah, it's kind of weird that that's a, a, a 
I think that there's some that aren't cool. I mean, there's a lot that are cool. They're in the ones who are cool with it, pretty I much. Yeah, there. I think they. Uh, yeah, I'm, I talk about it a lot in in my show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a lot to talk about, and it's not funny, and it's so sad, and it's so personal because we all, um, you know, it's like uh, we all are affected by it. We yeah. all know people who've, you know, it's like. <coughs> I mean, could they just not sell machine... I mean, they did stop selling proper machine guns for a while. And it's capitalism. Sort of I don't know what you're talking about. you got to make a buck. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they could put pe- the public interest over profit, but that's not what's happening in our country. No. Can we talk about farts? We can. We will, we will in a second. <laughs> I just feel it. I, I sort of feel like there should be a code amongst the shooters that they don't do them so close together, because I'd be really pissed off if I was the first guy... You're in the news, and then bang, there's another one taking you off the top. You've got, they've got to space them out a bit. Wow. It's like I, Edinburgh. It's too many people too here. Too many. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, they, the, for the most part, too, they keep walking away from the accident, like the accident, the shooting. They keep... Um, like, it's almost safer to be... Um, I, I, I don't want to <laughs> record. No, but it's almost like safer to be a mass shooter than just a, a civilian in America at this point. Yeah. I don't know how they keep. I do know how. I do know exactly how they keep not like. But it's because they're white. Um, the white ones. You know that it's a white one if they're alive after the shooting. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. I mean, it's pretty amazing that. that uh, but I also think like th- that's embarrassing for the shooters if they they're alive at the end. That is uh, that's, they, they've got to die right in the shooting. Otherwise, it's sort of embarrassing. Richard, still there this afterwards. <laughs> comedic riff is it's just <laughs> too hot. <laughs> Just I'm just thinking it from their point of view. Anyway, like let's crack on. Well, I could talk about your show, but that's what your show's about, so I can't talk it's about not all of, You guys, it's not all about that. I, was, just, uh, I open with that, just to put Brexit in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so upset about Brexit, I'm like, hey, guess what? <laughs> could be worse. I mean, we, we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about politics a bit more, because I do want to talk to you, but later. We'll move on to something else. Um, and... Um, well, I mean, it's sort of polite. I, I was watching last night uh, when I was uh, looking after my kid. They were asleep. It's fine. Uh, I was watching you interview uh, John McAfee, which was, oh, quite yeah. a, it was quite an interesting interview. Which He's the guy who invented the software. The Norton Antivirus software. He's running for president on the libertarian platform. Uh, very charismatic uh, guy, but also maybe a murderer and uh, <laughs> a sex offender. So. Yeah. I mean, sex offenders, are fun. they're allowed to be president, so that's, okay. that's, that's not an issue. They're expected move. at this point, yes. Yeah. That's I mean, the only requirement. Your president must have killed someone at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, not directly, very, you know, at least uh, indirectly. But it was, uh, it was Carrie Fisher, actually, I think. Okay. Carrie Fisher. That's probably not funny, but um, <laughs> she did die, like, right after the election. Oh, right. So okay. I think Trump killed her. Okay, that's... <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> um, but it was in a very good interview with John McAfee because you, you played him very well. I don't know how, how much he was colluding with you with it a little bit, but you were... No, he had guns. Yeah. They had actually armed gunmen like surrounding us. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, we were not on the same team. Because uh, he was sort of happy, but you, were, you sort of flattered him enough and flirted yes. with him like minimally, but just the right amount. That's how she does it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was fascinating to watch. I'm, imu- I'm immune. You, won't, you can't get me. I'm immune now. Just because so it's all stopped working. I'm 52. Um, um, but it's, it's amazing how that's... that's you know, it's, it's that easy to, to... A guy like that, a powerful guy like that, to, to make... Disarm to him to with disarm. Uh, my... Feminine wild. You just, you just said you, don't, you look 45 instead of 70, and then he was like, oh, okay. And I then know, leaning over and touching him. But he did. He did look, he looks good for somebody yeah. who buys um, fake drugs off the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he, he, looks, he looks good. And he also did, they all had guns, so you do have, it was weird. There was one moment when the guy was like pointing a gun at me, and it almost it was so cartoonishly scary that it didn't register and there's this and i was just like hypothetically please don't shoot and i didn't it wasn't scripted or anything and it's like that's my like deer in headlights react it's like you just like maybe a, like ironic hipster de-escalation of like when someone has a you're incredibly cool i have to say because it was even if a guy just gets a, you got a gun out and then tried to put it back in the holster and it took him five yeah, times to get it back drinking. in the holster which yeah. makes you think that's it's not on a, youtube if you guys want to check it out but yeah he was drinking well. 
drinking and holding a gun. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. But you got a fantastic interview. Andy was happy. He said he wouldn't get recorded in the toilet, and then you did record him in the toilet anyway. That's yeah. why I wondered whether he'd done that for you. You got him talking. No, 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 no. You no, got him no, talking no. about shitting in people's people shitting in. No, his mouth. we didn't get him talking about that. I was trying to keep it. He he uh, pays women to uh, shit in his mouth. Look, at least he's paying them. Um, <laughs> you know, someone got to. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I actually tried to keep it a little highbrow the interview because yeah. he is running for president. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think he would be a better option. <laughs> honestly, because he's like pro-choice, you know, and like unless you're that one person. But I talked to him about. All right. Um, <laughs> Anyway, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it was very, it's very well worth seeing. I also listened to uh, American Cunt. Thank you. Which is your uh, previous... It was on CISO, which is like a short-lived internet platform if a tree falls in the woods and the woods is in... You know, nobody's heard it, but thank you. Yeah. Well, it's on iTunes now, which people yeah, it's have. Yeah, on iTunes. I think a lot of people have that, so you can download that. My wife downloaded it yesterday as well. We didn't, we didn't communicate. We, could, we, we bought it twice. We could have got it once and shared it. Oh, thank you. So you've had two sales at least. Thank and that's you. a spike in, in the UK. It might be, yeah. That's yeah, down to our family. But uh, that, was, that was the show you did in Edinburgh two years so ago. So I developed it in Edinburgh and then I, in 2015, so four years ago. And then like, the election happened and the show evolved to kind of... Uh, reflect what was going on in our country. And so the final version is not what I took to Edinburgh. Oh, of course, kind of with what's happening now, the show I'm doing now. I, I, I'm, I'm working it out here, yeah. which I guess people don't do. Well, increasingly they do. It used to be how it used to... I've been coming here for a long time. And yeah. it used to be that you'd come up and have a, have a pretty good idea of a show, but you'd develop it over the 25 yeah. days. And then it became very much like you had to come... If you wanted to win awards and get reviews, you had Oops. to have a show <laughs> at the start that was very good. But yeah. now there's a lot of people doing work in progress shows, which I think is better. No, yeah, it's not a work in progress. It's totally a show. It is, like, it took me, like, two days to get my sea legs, but now it's, like, definitely a show, so totally come. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so you, you cover, I mean, you were covering sort of Trump, obviously, in, in, in American Cunt. In American Cunt, I didn't even talk about Trump when I first did the show. I remember mentioning, it was at the stand, I remember one show where I mentioned him, and it got a laugh, and I was like, this is too easy. And then I just moved on. So he wasn't in the first version of the show. The show, uh, Sarah Watson, who is a dear friend, and she works at The Stand, uh, she was like, you should come over. And I was like, okay. And she's like, but you really need a title that'll grab people. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many shows. So I was like, what about American Cunt? And she's like, yeah, totally. And so I wrote the show around <laughs> the title, and the show became about like gender. And then with like Hillary versus Trump, it was like kind of horrifying, but also like such an interesting way to look at gender in America. Um, so that was that show, and then this show is more about like politics and America, America's obsession with uh, true crime, and you know, what's happening with like Brexit, and uh, Yeah, I mean we're pretty much fucked. I think what's quite interesting about... <laughs> yeah, we're fucked. I mean, I think, but that's quite, what I find interesting about political comedy at the moment is pe people state quite bald facts like we're fucked and the audience sort of laugh and then you go yeah but no but we are but we are and <laughs> it sucks because it's like you know ultimately you guys pay to feel good so you pay money to feel good um, and so you pay to see comedy that makes you laugh and if you're doing political comedy and you're trying to be honest about it there's nothing that is funny so it's like really hard to and you know there are ways to do it but it's just like a really scary time I mean I'm trying to, pr I'm pretending to be optimistic just so I can sell more tickets. <laughs> so I'm like, vote everybody, but then it's also like our election, I mean, our election was hacked and they, Lindsay, uh, Mitch McConnell this past week just vetoed a bipartisan bill to try to stop election hacking again. So it's like we're not even fixing what messed up the last election. So I don't know, like, I, I don't know if we'll get Trump out of office in 2020 because we didn't really vote for him to begin with in 2016, so I do think, unless we can like actually have democratic, if we had a real democratic election, a, a Democrat would be in the White House. Yeah, well, I mean, because, I mean, we, we can't talk in the UK at all about any of this stuff. It's, it's the same it, exact thing, yeah, though. Yeah, it is, but also it's an archaic system as it is in the UK. The voting, the way yes. that voting works in the UK is that first past the post thing, which is insane in different areas, and so someone can get, you know, I think like even UKIP, we're getting 25% of the vote and no MPs. 
that's just wrong, you know, whatever you say, that's not dem- democracy. I'm, you know, I don't want UKIP to have seats particularly, but if you want democracy, then it's got to work like that. And, yeah, Trump, didn't, Trump got less votes. Obviously, America's more people around the edge. 50% of the people don't vote. Uh, less than 25% of voting people, I think, voted for him. And also, the Electoral College is a relic of slavery to placate uh, white slave owners. And um, you guys should watch this documentary, The Great Hack, on Netflix, because I just... It puts it, it just shows you kind of how uh, the way social media is really compromising democratic systems around the globe. Yeah. But do you think we need to break it? I mean, will, it, will we break it and then be able to mend it again? It's obviously happened uh, back in the, I think, the 30s or 40s, there was something similar going on. Uh, I can't really remember, I don't know much about history. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it didn't, I, I kind of thought we'd sorted it out after Hitler, I have to say. I, I thought we gave that a good go, the whole. Nazism thing, and then we sort of worked out it probably wasn't that good an idea. Let's move on to something else. And now we said, oh, no, let's give it one. But let's just give it one more try. See what happens. Do you think we'll break? It'll break, and we'll go back again, or do you think it's it's? I don't know. I mean, I think that like media literacy, really trying to understand like where you're being fed propaganda. You know, like on Twitter, which I had to. Uh, my Twitter was private because I got a little bit trolled this past couple of days, but. Um, I kind of I follow journalists I know and trust and respect, and it is hard when like everyone labels everything fake news. But I think on social media, for example, just being aware that the forces <coughs> who are uh, governing social media are really just trying to keep like retain your attention. Same with YouTube. You know, like, YouTube pushes people towards conspiracy theories to keep them online. Uh, Facebook sells your information to companies like Cambridge Analytica so that they can figure out which ones of you are impressionable to target to get you to not vote. So these are actually documented things that are happening. The Guardian's the best person, the best uh, media company that's like actually documenting it. So just if, as long as we're aware and we talk to each other and we talk to people who maybe we disagree with in a peaceful way, I think like in a Pollyanna way that could be like our first step forward. But that said, I I I think we're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, th- I think we are. Uh, but. And it's interesting because it happens gradually. So you, when you read the history, you go, well, how did that happen? How do people let that happen? But it's, it's that frog in a pan of boiling water events. Mm-hmm. If you put a frog in boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put it in a pan and, and, warm, <laughs> and warm it up, it will stay inside there. And that's sort of where we're at. We're just like, it's just happening gradually, gradually. Oh, you, do you think comedy is, a, is bad in this sense? In that it, it doesn't... Do you think it informs, or do you think it just makes it go, oh, we're... we're no, comedy's never bad. I mean, I think it's, like, we're, it's really, like, such a democratic exercise to be able to, like, talk to people in a peaceful way. I think the challenging thing right now is parceling out, like, what's comedy and what's hate speech. And even, like, people on the left are, like, I definitely have to kind of put myself in check with certain jokes to not do, because it's, like, I don't... Even though, like, you know people who are like Trump supporters at this point just do feel like they're brainwashed in a cult, like they're still people and you still want to be kind and not dehumanize them. So you have to like figure out how to talk about it, but I think like comedy is so important because it can get people who maybe disagree with you to swallow complicated ideas through like humor. Yeah. I'm not sure. I did a show called Hitler Mustache in 2010 <laughs> when it seemed like, and I had a Hitler Mustache for a while to see mm-hmm. what would happen. What happened? Uh, and it, well, not much, because at the time it seemed, even then it seemed ridiculous, you know, the idea that anyone would go, that Nazis would return yeah. uh, properly in a proper sense. And, um, uh, you know, and that show was sort of about getting people to vote so that right-wing politicians didn't get through via apathy. So, you know, it worked, didn't it? It was, a, it was good to do that. It was good. Say, I saved you all. Imagine the timeline we'd be in if I hadn't done that. <laughs> so I don't you know, you know, people. I don't know. It's, I know it feels okay. Yeah. I know it feels futile what we're doing. Not to have like case studies, but when I was at the Daily Show, like we actually had pieces that uh, influenced <laughs> policy and got like uh, this one piece I did on like voting laws um, influenced uh, policy in North Carolina, voter ID laws, and and then Trump became president. Nothing matters, but it does. I think on a like a local level, it really can help, and it does feel like. Um, we're so uh, in trouble right now, but I do think even if comedy can't like change policy, it can be cathartic to people yeah. who are just trying to process what's going on and activate people who aren't voting or who don't think it matters. So I don't know. I mean, that's what I have to tell myself to like be here. <laughs> like, well, there's the, the America does have all these smart shows, which again we don't so much in the UK. We tried to do those a version of the Daily Show. The Match Report's got the closest, I think, out of everything we've done. 
and John Oliver show, obviously, as well, which we, we get, can get over here. Uh, and, you know, that's so much smart comedy and thoughtful comedy and real getting into politics, which, you know, obviously you're doing in your shows as well, getting into politics in that deep way. Um, so it's... It feels like a lot of America isn't, isn't seen. Yeah, no, it's still, that's the other thing. It's like you're still preaching to the choir and how do you yeah. break through? And that's, I don't know. I mean, it is, it's always tricky. We're figuring it out as we go. Okay, I'm going to ask you an emergency question to give you a chance to, you'll bring it back to politics though. I am? You, you, I bet you will. Well, I just don't want to talk about bombs. I'm going to ask you some stupid emergency questions. Yes. Uh, if you had to be in a human centipede... Um, but you're in the middle, but you get, oh. to, you get to choose who's, who's that. To eat or something. Yeah, and either end, you get to choose the people at both ends. Who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind you? In the... That's not a weird question. No. Um, <laughs> not to these people. <laughs> They're very used so to Whose ass would I want to eat? Is it yeah. eating the ass? What is well, it's not. I mean, it's, yeah, your, um, your mouth is sewed to their Just anus. Sewed to their anus. And your, your anus is sewed to the mouth of the person behind you. If I said, like, Betty White, because I know that she's pretty old, um, what happens if someone dies when they're sewed I, to your then face? Then you've got to sort of walk around until they're... Just with, with a decomposed... Decomposing Betty corpse. White in front of you, and then she'd eventually... That, I mean, is a decomposed corpse worse than a live I think person? You would, I think you'd die, because I don't think the corpse... corpse would, would I get, like, ammonia in my... You might do, but I don't... Because it would take a while... Are there any morticians here? You would still be attached to Betty White, and it would take a while for her to decompose, and you wouldn't be getting any food in that time, apart from the putrefaction. And then if it's someone like John McAfee who eats poop, then... He'd like it. Is it like, if if someone who eats poop poops, is their poop cleaner or dirtier? I've got to say dirtier. It's like double, it's, it's concentrated poop. But you know how it? you put charcoal in water to clean it? <laughs> I mean, it's worth a go. I'd choose, I mean, the thing, if you put Jan, John McAfee behind you, he'd be very happy. Yeah, I would put John McAfee <laughs> behind me for sure. If you're listening, John, because, you know, yeah, I would totally, I want, like, consent going on. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? I don't want to force my shit in anybody's mouth. I think well, if, if, if the scientists who make human centipedes get me too, there's going to be a tr- it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for those guys to operate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as somebody, maybe mm, maybe like a, a little, I'm going to gag, like a tiny little baby, you know what I mean? <laughs> a baby that doesn't even eat solids yet. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice for you. I mean, it's, it is incredibly cruel for the... It is cruel. For the new, I mean, they wouldn't maybe know. The they would get used to this being their life. Terminal, sorry. What? <laughs> maybe we should talk about gun violence. <laughs> You're in a safe space where we're allowed to no, hypothetically talk Nothing's about. a safe space ever. And then also we're, we're being recorded. We so. are. So far, so good, though. I've got away with it all so far, haven't I? There's so much of me on the internet that they'll never find the stuff that mm. will get us into trouble. It's fine. Um, okay, let's see what I come Wish up I with. Wish I were a man on the internet. I'll, I'll ask you. They're like, burn the witch. She's breathing. <laughs> some, of them, some of the men on the internet have half time. But yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost? There you go. I think ghost. I think it's like a peanut allergy. <laughs> if someone's choking on a peanut and you don't have a peanut allergy, you're like, what are you talking about? I think it's the same thing with like extra sensory perception. You know, like I've never seen a ghost, but if somebody were like, I've seen a ghost, I'm like, oh, you have that allergy that allows you to see. Yeah. Thank you. That's a nice way of looking like, oh. at it. Yeah. So I can I have, usually I tell by looking the... at someone if they've got that allergy, but if I talk to them yeah. for three minutes, I kind of know what they're going to say. <laughs> I know which way they're going with that. I kind of thought you'd say no. Uh, I kind of thought Lucy Beaumont might say yes. That's, that's, that's where... That's where. Can I tell a tiny funny ghost story? Yeah, please do. So when I was working at The Daily Show in 2015, we all stayed at this haunted hotel in uh, Austin, Texas, called The Driscoll. And the group of people I worked with at the time, very cerebral, very, like, skeptical, maybe, like, a third of them moved hotels after the first night. From just hearing stuff or seeing stuff, yeah. Well, we're all like fascinated by. It. I, 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 I'm pretty confident there are no ghosts, but I've moved into quite an old house, and for the first few months, we we could hear a baby crying that wasn't our baby. Oh god! But we hadn't slept very much because we had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but Fancy we both baby we, crying. Yeah, we were both here at the same time, and then go and look at our baby, or look at the baby on the monitor, and the ba- our baby wasn't crying. Oh my god. But there was a baby crying there. It used to be, my house used to be like a, the doctor's house. And there was, to, there was a hospital on the Stop side it. of it. 
And, you know, yeah. some babies must have died in the, in the last 300 years, wasn't they? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's fine. It doesn't give us any trouble, the, the dead baby. Yeah, a baby girl should be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I was oh, yeah, in American country, you talk about the last uh, taboo subject, which is to mock short men, which I do, did not find amusing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was doing the show, and the reviewers over here were like, she's edgy, and I'm like, okay, and then encouraged me, and I'm like, what's the one thing I can't talk about? Because I have a bit about, like, uh, women and ISIS, like the glass burka, just, like, their inability to have leadership positions. Like, the show is pretty edgy in some ways. You guys didn't like that. I mean, I, whatever, okay, sorry. I, but I could never talk about men shorter than me. People got so upset. Yeah, it's... It, it's you Are you crying? I was very <laughs> upset. I was laughing at everything, and then something affected me, and suddenly I thought, "That's not funny anymore." Yeah. What a weird experience that is. I've never, I've never experienced that from an audience before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see gender once it's below my eyeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke from the show. Sorry, you guys. Well, I didn't see gender for a lot of time, then I lost a bit of weight, and now I've, I've realised again which, which gender I am. <laughs> Uh, good, we'll uh, ask you. Okay, let's see what other. This, I circled some yesterday and I could never find them. I'll tell you what, I should turn the page back. That's something I've learned for future episodes. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go in random. Uh, if you dropped your mobile phone down the portaloo, which is a port, uh, do you know what a portaloo is? Do you have those in America? Yes, it's a bath, a toilet. Yeah, on day three of the Glastonbury Festival, do you know what the Glastonbury Festival is? Do you have yeah, those I got in America? <laughs> would you, would you take the the, toilet, the phone out of the toilet? Would you, would you go down into the cesspit to if retrieve it? There was an Ebola outbreak. No. Okay. If there if rarely is in the Glastonbury <laughs> Festival. <laughs> If I wouldn't be contaminated with a hemorrhagic fever by touching a, a pool of shit, then maybe. But would you want to use your phone again? I mean, they're waterproof now, aren't they? But I don't know if... Uh... Oh, so I have a waterproof case on my phone, always. That I should have prefaced. Okay. Because I drop it in shit all the time. <laughs> we have gone, we've gone very shit uh, heavy in this. How do you think I got McAfee to sit down with me? <laughs> Let me find it. Let me see if I can find a non- Kneel down. No, sorry. Okay. Let me see if I can find a question that isn't about shit. No, I can't. Shit, anus is. Uh, oh, how about this? What thing do you most regret destroying with fire? Have you I ever never regret. <laughs> never regret. I have no regrets. Um, I, I don't have any regret over anything I've done. Have you ever destroyed anything with fire? Probably, like, some stuff. Yeah. Bits yeah. of wood and stuff. I actually had... Uh, twigs. I had a breakup where my friend was like, you have to destroy this. It was something I had to, I had to destroy in okay. a fire. And maybe I regret that because it was a funny story and it would have been fun to keep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sort of, that's a weird... But like, when you do break up with people, sometimes that's the ultimate thing. You know, people ripping up and paint photos and cutting out the... No, yeah. And in a way, I think the time passes. Do you not want yeah. to... At least see the, see those things again. Yeah, no, it, it's a funny story. I just feel weird talking about it, but okay. um, yeah, it was like an article about the person with someone else. Okay. And so it was like funny, and I kept it because I thought it was funny. And my friend was like, "You have to burn this. It's like, kind of toxic." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you could do what you like when you broke up with someone. If you, if it's you the only thing I've really ever consciously burned that just popped into my head. I don't. Okay. I'm not a pyro. It's good. That's why it's a good question because you know no one's asked that before, and uh, I'm not saying my questions are brilliant, but. That one's great. Um, when is your show on? Are there tickets? Can I see it? Yes, I Will think Will you babysit my kids while, while it's they on? Can so? I, they should be able to come. Okay. I mean, it's, it's 16 and up, but okay. I can make an exception if they want to just come. And you don't want my son in there. I've been rude about my son. He was good today, so I like him today. Um, the show is at uh, 21.20, 9.20 p.m., uh, at the Assembly Room 5. It's called Miscarriage of Justice. It's like a political hour of comedy. And it's very be, dark. Will you be back in the UK touring that it's in the future? You do come over here quite a lot. I'm trying. I'm probably going to be coming over here more. <laughs> it's really fun to do uh, comedy uh, outside of the US. Cool. So, well, the people at home will uh, do check out uh, the, the, any tours. Check out American Cunt. Yeah, check out American Cunt. Thanks, just, Thanks. you know, generally and the show American Cunt as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Jen Freeman. Thank you. Lovely. Uh, so we'll move swiftly on. My son is—he's okay, right? My son, but he—he'll he, do stuff that's just socially unacceptable, and then you tell him off, and he just laughs. I don't know where he got it from. I hate him. He's an idiot. So it's. Uh, <laughs> You'll just always like you can't you can't tell them off. You'll always laugh. My second guest today. Uh, you're much better than the audience in the first half of this show, by the way. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He's probably best known for his appearance on the 50 Funniest Moments of 2014. And we are going to talk about all 50 of those moments now. It's Phil Wang, ladies and gentlemen. Phil Wang. Hey, man. Hey, Phil. I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. Oh, really? I hope you haven't listened to anything because I've been really rude about you, but I love you. Do you really? Yeah, I love you on Taskmaster. Thing, you know, oh, thanks, man. man. Um, I'm disappointed not wearing... The, You're not the, the only one. I... <laughs> I use that image a lot in my uh, press for this show, <laughs> knowing exactly what I was doing. Um, and I do feel like I'm guilty of some false advertising. Yeah. Well, yeah, Pete, that's, what you, that's, that's your gimmick. It's like Rod Hull had emu. You have your, your, your penis. <laughs> <laughs> your, 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 you know, I never thought my greatest way. achievement was finding a loophole into being essentially nude. Yeah. <laughs> But the others didn't realise, I can't remember which of the other guests I was talking to about, they said they didn't, they only saw you on the last, the, the way it was filmed, they only saw you on the last task. We only wearing. saw each other for the first time on the group yeah. task day. And um, it was also the first time I became aware of how visible my little balls were. <laughs> because the crew don't give anything away. Right. They didn't, they didn't snicker or go, that's a bit much. <laughs> and it wasn't until... James Acaster turned up and said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that I looked down and noticed just how visible it was. So if you see the, the first group task of that series of Taskmaster, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, noticeably uh, uh, <laughs> humbled. I, I'm, I'm covering myself a lot more than in other episodes because I'm suddenly, it's like, it's like I've, t- I've been taken a bite out of the forbidden fruit yeah. and I finally noticed my own nakedness. Yeah. <laughs> Did they not have a mirror anywhere that you could have seen? <laughs> or are you just so entranced by your own face? No, there's no mirror. It's, it's, like, yeah. it's like a casino in that house. You have no <laughs> idea yeah. what time it is. <laughs> you were fantastic. You, I think you were... There's been some very good guests on Taskmaster. There's been some great people who would be great guests who haven't yet been on. <laughs> but there's... Oh, yeah, Jenna would be great. Jenna would be... Yeah. I'm sure Jenna's definitely fucking going to be on there. She didn't know what it was backstage when I was saying that she'll definitely be on... Uh, before me, and uh, it's <laughs> that's when, uh, when all the other comedians are dead. If I manage to live to a hundred, they might have me on. That's that's my guess. Uh, but you are uh, you were 
I mean, were you, were you putting it on a little bit? You were sort of quite... You're a very intelligent man. You're an engineer. Yeah. But you did make some stupid decisions. <laughs> I'd like to think... I'd like to say I put it on. But when it came to the watching them back again, I was genuinely surprised just how badly I'd done. I yeah. honestly thought I'd done quite well. Okay. <laughs> There's one task I was particularly disappointed with, the, the way I had to get the weighing scale to measure an exact amount. And so I just went, oh, big tub of water, you can adjust that um, you know, to an infinitesimal amount. Um, and, but it, it took me so long just to carry a bucket of water onto a scale that the others beat me by just throwing plastic ducks or some chairs on <laughs> You had to me- measure how big a caravan was with bait, using a baked bean as a measurement. Yeah. You're an engineer, you should be able to do that. I was so tired at the end of that day. <laughs> I was just, I could not be bothered. And I didn't think this was going to be a major task. I thought it would be like, I thought they were going to get rid of it because it's so stupid. And, and it turned out to be like the centerpiece of one of the episodes. Yeah. And I just came across a fucking idiot. And Rod Gilbert came across as smarter than me. And I was just <laughs> so disappointed. You're confronted with a, a strange version of yourself on that show. Yeah. A very honest and peculiar version of yourself. And I was very disappointed with it. <laughs> it was very entertaining. And so is it, mate? I mean, that, that's been your most high... You've done a lot of TV. But that's the most high-profile Yeah, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't realised just how... I, mean, I knew it was a big or popular show and a great show, but I didn't realise just how many people watched it. And um, that, yeah, it was after doing that show that... You know, people recognizing me on the tube and pointing at my dick. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's also so much a, fact, um, a, a, a product of just being on the same show every week for 10 weeks, you know, so yeah. you're, you're a constant presence on, on TV for a yeah. long while. And you've, your show's sold out this year in Edinburgh already, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So you're doing extra shows already? I'm doing extra shows, um, and those sold out, but I'm doing another extra show <laughs> in the Pleasance Grand on the 16th of Friday, 11 15 pm. So do come to that if you can. Come and see that, if you, if you can get tickets. I mean, there's still a few tickets left for this show, uh, every performance, uh, again, including this one and the last two I've done as well. If you're a time traveller, please do come. Please do come back. Uh, and, um, okay, let's see what else we're going to talk to you about. Um, I'm very interested in your mum. Your, what? Your I'm mom? interested in your mum. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll I mean, come. not yet as a romantic prospect, but okay. possibly. Maybe. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out. She's probably about the same age as me. Uh, so, um, I'll be nice. She's an archaeologist. Um, would, you, would you like to have me as a stepdad? <laughs> um, <laughs> I like doing me Can nice. I come back on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, I mean, probably okay. every week if, you're, if I'm your dad. Um. <laughs> Once my kids are old enough, I'm planning to have them on every week, basically. <laughs> Like a sort of Von Trapp podcast thing. <laughs> um, my, my mother, yeah, she trained as an archaeologist, yeah. um, and that's what took her out to Malaysia. Yeah. And then she uh, retrained uh, as a doctor. So okay. she's, full, she's a doctor. But she worked uh, in voluntary services overseas in Malaysia. Is that, so yeah. that's where she met you. Is that where she met your dad? Or was yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she took a martial art class, and my dad was a kung fu instructor. Okay. Because I am uh, descended from a line of stereotypes. <laughs> 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 But you're kung fu, you're like Indiana Jones, kung fu instructor and archaeology, and that's <laughs> incredible. Uh, well, that's, that's a lovely story. And so you, you grew up, you were born in Stoke. I was born in Stoke, my mum's from Stoke. Seems yeah. so unlikely, but I, I'll go oh, doesn't Donna look like it? No, it's just, it's, I can't imagine anyone's born in Stoke. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of place you die in, isn't yeah. it? It's not, uh, <laughs> I was born in Stoke, but I don't remember it. I was a week no. old when we flew back. And you went back, and so you... And you Lived all over the world. You could speak man- Mandarin. A bit of Mandarin. My Mandarin is pretty rocky. My Malay is pretty good. Okay. Uh, and uh, my English is fantastic. Your English is good. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the English. Thank you very much. I've been practicing. Huh? I thought we might have trouble, so I, I was <laughs> going to conduct the interview in Malay, but uh, I, 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 we'll stick. We'll stick with English for for now. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do again. I, I have to recommend. I've recommended uh, Jenna's internet stuff. If you do, ch- do check out that uh, John McAfee interview. It's incredible. Uh, but I was watching uh, your takedown of Tom Hiddleston's uh, breakfast. Well, Centrum advert. It's an advert yeah. for vitamin pills, which I remember from a few months ago, which was came on the internet. Which is him. It was just for the was it Korea that it was in or China? It was it was China. China, the Chinese a, market. Yeah, it was just a bizarre, bizarre advert yeah. where he pretended to be your boyfriend. Yeah. And so it's all from like a first-person perspective, and Tom Hiddleston's making you breakfast and making no sense, and <laughs> offering you like pushing these vitamins at you, <laughs> like he's trying to say something about 
you're held. Uh, and it was just so bizarre, and I hate him anyway. So, <laughs> when this came out, like a friend, Andy, Andrew Dawson, the comedy writer, was like, have you seen this video? It'd be funny if like, it was you doing the collar up. I was like, oh yeah. And I had a f free day in Melbourne, and a hotel room that looked peculiarly like the yeah. set in the video. So I just did that in my pants for a day. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we weren't trying to explain that. I think you have to watch it to get it. Just Google those things. I was crying with laughter this morning. Then I tried to explain right. to my mother-in-law, who did not find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't know about the original album. But it's insane. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's in making you breakfast and he said, I finished work early. Yeah, yeah, he, I, I, so I just got off work, but it's like breakfast. So what does he do? Is he like a security guard? And then, and he makes you breakfast, um, which is like a fried egg on top of a fruit salad. <laughs> and then he puts pepper on it. It's like, what the f what? Is this what Chinese people think white people think Chinese people eat? And all these filters of cultural misunderstanding. And then, and then he has to get up and leave, and he goes, sorry, I've got to go back. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm busy for the next few weeks. It's like, but you just got off work. What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and I, he makes my skin crawl anyway, and so it was delightful. It was delightful to make that video. And of course, there's like a Chinese link as well, which was fun. Yes. Yeah. It's very good. Do watch it. Uh, we ruined it now for you, but it was good. It was, it was very good. Uh, and uh, you're doing the Edinburgh Noodle Awards. Okay, is this something you do? Yeah, the Slurpees. Yeah. Yeah, so I, in 2017, I found an incredible uh, noodle place on Nicholson Street called uh, Noodles and Dumplings, which is just one of the best noodle places I've ever been to. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to, just to keep myself sane in this month, I'm going to do something completely non comedy and just review noodle places. And people started going to the places that I was recommending. And um, then I started doing it in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And so, yeah, they're, they're the Slurpees now. And at the end of the month, once they, they give away the comedy awards, they give away the Slurpees. Okay. Is there yeah. a prize? Uh, not any physical one. No. Uh, just, just, uh, just pride. The kudos. Yeah. And these places have, are not on Twitter. I will never find out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you able to give any clues to who's going to win this year, or is it too early? I'm not a, I, it's, it's too early. I mean, there's a lot of exciting newcomers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about which restaurant has the most sort of touching message about 40 minutes into your meal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, not, I've not managed to be too many places just yet. No. I've got a bunch of recommendations I'm looking forward to. Okay, that's good. And do they let you eat there for free now? They, has, has no, one, no one got any idea? No one has any idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of these places don't pay tax, let alone are on Twitter, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't, I don't want the special treatment. I, I'm no. here for the nudes. I, yeah, I don't want to be treated special. That's fine. That's because I, for years, I would go on about the Tempting Tatty, which is a fantastic jack potato shop uh, up uh, just down the hill and up the hill from the Pleasance. I always forget the name of the road. And I went on about it for a long, long time, for probably 15 to 20 years <laughs> before the guy went. Are you Richard? Because <laughs> I would I, I, whenever, you know, whenever said, where do you eat in Edinburgh? I'd always say the tempting Yeah, how do you do that before Twitter? Were you just screaming in the street? <laughs> <laughs> I'd mention it shows. And every time, you know, you always get asked, where do you hang out in Edinburgh? Where do you eat in Edinburgh? I'd just always say the tempting daddy. Right, right, right. That would be the only place I would Because also, you know, you don't really hang out in Edinburgh all that much. You sort of say not going for, like, massive meals anywhere. Yeah, every, every meal is an emergency, yeah. you know? <laughs> every meal is just, like, got to grab something so you don't faint in the next two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Good. So uh, hopefully eventually they'll know, but not, uh, not until then. And you were president of the Footlights. I didn't know you were a Cambridge boy, but I, I have a feeling I might... Did I do a gig with you in about the, in the... In Cambridge? Yes, um, the Wolfson Howler. Yes. Um, at the Wolfson College. Yeah. Uh, which was like uh, the, the most, high, most prestigious like, gig in Cambridge because right. it meant um, you're on with like, these amazing professional comedians and Richard. Yeah. Uh, and so you, if you, it was like this taste of the professional world. You know? Yeah, so I remember the gig and I thought, I think I remember you on that. It was, it was like a sniveling little. No, you were very, you were very good, I have to say. Everyone, the standard was very good. I thought there was a lot of comedians who were very like Stuart Lee, is what I, I remember at the time. Which drove me insane. <laughs> they didn't realise they were actually like me. Someone had copied me and then made it more commercial. Uh, so. <laughs> They didn't know who was amongst them, but yeah. So you were you were doing stand you were doing stand up at university, and, yeah. and then you became president of the Footlights, which is pretty 
impressive. It was nice, it was nice. I mean, I, I, it was in my fourth year and I was there a bit longer than people, so yeah. a lot of it was just because I'd been there the longest and could handle the emails. Um, <laughs> it's, mainly, it's, it's an administrative job mainly, it's just like handling emails from, from weirdos. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, the great thing about the Footlights is just, it's just a place to practice comedy yeah. all the time for three to four years. So you come out just, you know, knowing, knowing the mechanics of it a little better than a lot of um, yeah. other people your age maybe have got to. And is it still, a, a, is, it, is it a slight sort of albatross around your neck being a Cambridge Footlights? Is that on the circuit? Or, I mean, is, is it? If you let it be, and yeah. I don't really. It, it's... It's, no, I, not really. I mean, people don't really talk about it that much. Uh, for, like, you don't really get the benefits from it that you used to. It's not like an instant route into, you know, a, a radio portal like it used to be, and which is good, you know. Things are more equal now and a little more um, democratic. Uh, but I think whatever benefits it has are cancelled out by the negative connotations it has as well. So you come up basically at net zero. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, I had a horrible. Time. Well, I was in the Oxford Review in, yeah. in uh, '88, and it was, and I was like merciless to, to the extent that it's psychologically damaged the rest of my life. <laughs> I was just, we were just the alternative comedians, just basically bullied us <laughs> for the whole year, and it was just so upsetting. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you left, we, when we came to Edinburgh in '88 and did yeah. the Oxford Review, we just basically got set up for loads of horrible <laughs> experiences that made me think I would never be welcome in the world of comedy. Which is why I now do a, a podcast on my own on the outskirts, <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally invite people into my space and then uh, get rid of them again. Uh, it did, it did, I, the more I think about it, eventually I'll, 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 I'll process it all and it'll be fine. This isn't about me though, so uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, it's you know, and it, it's it's there's not a lot of people that go to uh, to Cambridge uh, and don't become successful comedians. Oh, plenty. There's a lot of people who try to be comedians and don't become successful comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah loads. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, part of the reason I went was because I knew I had this comedy legacy and I wanted to be a comedian. Was like yeah. seventeen, eighteen. Um, but you'll watch it. if you're not good enough. You're not you know you're not no. good enough. People won't come to see you. But is that so? Is it that thing we had as well? Is, it, is that three years? in a little safe space where you can cr- create what you're doing and work out what you're doing. You, it gives you, you know, that's the advantage to it, isn't it? Because most people, but yeah. you have that at any university, really, or any, any school, really, in a situation. But it's a safe space to a high standard. That's, yeah. I think that's the key, yeah. With a load of cunts. <laughs> Especially in Cambridge, am I right? Oxford, Oxford people. Oh. <laughs> Let's judge my crowd. Uh, what is your most mundane encounter with a celebrity? Um, uh, I, I put uh, last time I was in Edinburgh in 2017. I put I did a, like a dance night. Okay. Um, I just like I like a little rave. So um, a couple of friends put on this little dance night in the Ace Dome, and uh, I was playing some uh, music, and um, I think I was playing um, uh, David Bowie, and uh, someone tapped me on the shoulder, a lady in a puffer jacket, and I looked up and it was uh, Emma Thompson. And uh, she asked me to change the music. <laughs> uh, Chrissy Hines, I'm sure I've told this story before, came to, I had a New Year's party at my house uh, when I lived in Shepherd's Bush, uh, and about quarter to midnight the doorbell rang, and Chrissy, and I was in the kitchen, and Chrissy Hines and Beth Orton uh, walked into my house, walked around my house. I was in the kitchen, they walked, she walked in, Chrissy Hines walked in, I went, what are you doing here? And she just ignored me, <laughs> walked in and then walked out again. And it wasn't the party they'd been looking for. <laughs> uh, <it's>, uh, <laughs> it was very, it was a very weird experience. What are you doing here? And then she just ignored me, it's my house, I'm allowed to ask why you, <laughs> what are you doing here, Chrissy Hines? Um, might be before your time. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea who either of those people were, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah she's, she's, they're pretty good. They're both pretty good. Uh, right, I'm going to ask you uh, a new emergency question, for, especially for the festival. To be honest, it's not working out well, <laughs> but it's, it's new. That's what I've got for you. Did you ever buy a biscuit or chocolate bar that had an ingredient missing? <laughs> Like a Kit Kat without any wafer in it, or a club biscuit without the biscuit. Have you ever done that? I've had the occasional like fruit and nut that didn't have quite enough fruit. Well, there you go. I don't know if that's technically missing. How did you feel? Well, it's still bad. How did you feel 
Wait, was it better or worse? Do you remember? I thought I'd better buy another. <laughs> no, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. You can just buy a bit of more, f- some raisins and shove it in there. Well, just eat, keep them in your cheek and release those as and when you feel. It's like a raisin drip yeah. in your mouth. Just keep that in there. That's fine. I mean, it's extra expense. Really, you should go to Cadbury's and take that money back. Yeah. In, in general, though, the, the UK manufacturing industry is regarded, uh, it works to a very high standard. I don't so. think I, I disagree. I've seen this kick, especially the, I've never had one, but a Kit Kat without the wafer that comes really? up a lot. Does it just collapse, or is it no? Just it's just chocolate all the way through. It's just solid chocolate. That's insane. You must yeah. have, for a second you must think you're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just a, I think when it happens to you. It's just a magical, wonderful experience that you never forget. That's the thing. That's why, that's why I think it's a good question for the people it's happened to. For the people it hasn't happened to, which turns out to be most people, it's not that good a question. But I'm going to persist with it. Well, it's also a function of how much chocolate you eat. Yeah. Um, and the more you eat, the more likely this is to occur to you. That's true. I guess I don't eat quite as much. Yeah. It's a Willy Wonka golden ticket effect. But, you know, Charlie Bucket didn't eat that much chocolate and he still got a golden ticket and in the end he couldn't afford it Right. Um, admittedly the person who bought loads of chocolate bars did also get golden tickets so yeah. there's probably some well you're an engineer you can probably work out there, just... here's a subsidiary question because that one went so well yeah. <laughs> you may have been asked this before I once emptied a uh, faulty 1p fruit machine uh, because it didn't, you need, didn't need to put any money in for it to work you could just pull the Arm, and so I just emptied the whole thing and made about what between one and three pounds. I can't remember. <laughs> then walked out with that in my in my shorts. I was young. What faulty machine gave you an unexpected cash or free item windfall? Weirdly enough, this did happen. Very, very okay, there you go. I, I was very. And was it the best day of your life when it happened? It was incredible. Was, yeah. I, was, I was a child. Yeah. Um, I was in France with my mother. I was wearing my first ever denim jacket, so it was already very exciting. Um, I, I, I was thin. I never looked so good. <laughs> and we were walking through a train station or something, and there was like a, a photograph machine, a passport photograph machine. And for some reason, you know, you're, you're young, you're curious, and I went in and I had a fiddle in the, uh, the old change dispenser, and it was full of francs. Yeah. It was full of francs. Love and I, I just filled my pockets with francs. Um, and just did a load of coke. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. I don't remember. I don't remember I spent all my 1p. I genuinely... What was interesting about the 1p's I got, right, is my dad is the most honest person on the planet, okay? He's a very Christian man. He would never steal or do anything. I walked out. I was a young child. I had little red shorts on in my memory. Uh, and literally... Just, I was worried I was walking out that the arcade manager would see me and break my legs yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for beating the system, uh, like in casino. Uh, and uh, I got in the car, because we were on holiday, and my mum and dad noticed the clinking sound. And, and my dad, my mum went, well, you should take it back. I think you should take it back. And dad said, well, no, because arcades, they are just ripping people off anyway, so maybe this is fair enough. I think he probably probably just had to get somewhere quite quickly. He didn't want to be bothered. But my dad allowed it to uh, allowed me to keep the money. Maybe he thought he had a bit of a Rain Man thing going. Yeah, so that he could <laughs> take you to the casinos. <laughs> it could be. Imagine that. Just the inconvenience of having to spend like three pounds in one pence pieces. Yeah, it's a bit of a. It's more a burden than it a, is, a, isn't it? It's like it was like, like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's like where a I creep. Can, yeah. Oh, the curses. <laughs> Like a Greek tragedy, but it was, and in those days, like a you know, a penny would buy you four mojos. What the fuck is a mojo? <laughs> I don't know why that's annoyed me so much. What is a mojo? This is right. I feel like in my, my granddad. Oh, in the war, we had mojos, four mojos. We could get eight mojos for a penny. Like at one point in my life, they were like very small chews. Well, uh, very small ones. Chews like a chew. A chew that you could chew on. Like, do you remember Blackjack? So you didn't even grow up in the UK. So do you remember yeah, Blackjacks I mean, I, and fruit salads? People remember those, right? Who remembers Mojos? Only the old people. Look at that old that old geezer there. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember the eight p eight for one p or yeah four for half a p? You could even go. You were allowed to go. I just think 
I only need four mojos today. Here's half a pence. Do you remember half pences, mate? Yeah. You mean, do you remember one D's? Do you remember six pences? Yeah, I don't remember those. Um, you have the cultural age here of a 13-year-old, because that's when I got here. Oh, right, okay. Like, I st- I'm confused by still so many things. Like, what, the f- what, what is a Mr. Blobby? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just so confusing. There's so many confusing things. But you never catch up with really, unless you grew up here. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I recommend some mojos if you ever get to travel back through time. Um, I, haven't, I haven't talked to you about the, the 50 funniest moments of 2014. Yeah. What were they? You're going to talk about an albatross around your neck. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the you must have had to research season. that for so long. We went on that show. Yeah. Really, really hammering it down, the 50 funniest moments yeah, the whole year. Yeah, they all in the library. Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, just me and various glamour models at the public <laughs> library just go through the events of 2014 for anything that stuck, that stuck out to us. What did happen in 2014? I don't, I don't know. You did the show. What's the funniest? It was still funny back in 2014. Imagine living back there. <laughs> I had probably some guy getting hit in the balls. I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of remember. I've got a terrible memory, you know. That's fine. Uh, 2014. What? Not, I, I don't remember anything pre... Do you remember doing the show, The Funniest Moments of 2014? Um, I, n- no, I do remember. I mean, you've done a lot of telling. But I, I would agree. That's the. I mean, I can't believe you haven't brought up Arnie's greatest stunts. I haven't brought that up. It was a Talking Heads show about the greatest stunts <laughs> on TV, which apparently I am interested in. Okay. Um, and I talked about one where a, bi- a motorbike flew off a ramp, yeah. which, which turned out to be most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you do those shows, you often don't have to know anything about the subject. You just turn up and then they say, we're going to talk about this video, yeah. say something funny about it. I did one about football. I was quite impressed with myself because I don't know anything about football. It comes up all the time. It's on Sky Sports 2 all the time. And I talk about events that happen in football. And I said to them, I don't know anything about football. They said, it's fine. Are you good at affecting an enthusiasm? Not really, no. Yeah. I'm not very good at ad-libbing or anything. I don't know why I'm doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible burden to me. I'll ask you another emergency question. Emergency questions books, by the way, will be available after the show. Uh, both the new 1001 emergency questions in hardback, which will not soon not be available any longer, uh, and the original emergency questions book, uh, which has 500 questions in it. Uh, you can buy them both and get some free stickers, or you can pay some, some stickers. If you're at home, go to gofestastripe.com, and you can buy the books in a lovely bundle. Um, oh, I came over me there. I'm very happy to do, say hello and have selfies after the show. We're nearly finished. Uh, oh, God, we really are. Don't forget about the scope bucket. I'll ask you one question, uh, and... <laughs> and uh, and then uh, it will be over. Uh, the question is, if you're following at home, question 549 in the new book. Who was the biggest prick at your school? <laughs> hmm, which school? Like, how old? Well, which, I mean, any of your schools you're allowed to pick out from. If you, I don't know if someone's leapt to mind. I think mine might be me. Right. If you're not sure, then I think it's you. <laughs> but if you are sure, I, mean, I think I probably was a bit of a prick at school. Um, uh, there, there was a there was a guy in my school primary school in uh, Malaysia called um, Edbert, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> who always, always he was just very confident for a ten year old and yeah. Um, yeah. So Edbert Edbert Chong, if you're listening to <laughs> Richard Herring's podcast, it was you. <laughs> and now I finally had my revenge. Does it feel good? Does it feel good to have got that the happy system? Yeah. Finally, you know, that's, that's all you need to do every now and again. Is just My back straighten up? Yeah, yeah. you look very happy. <laughs> Edbert Chong. I mean, no one the guy was a prick. <laughs> Did that to him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, like, listen, do listen to the Stuart Goldsmith podcast, because there's some very... We, we hadn't had time to talk about it, but the, were, there was proper, like, corporal punishment at your school. Oh, yeah, I was, hit, I was caned at school and stuff. Yeah. No, not very much. I was one of the good ones, but even the good... good no, one, no one comes out unscathed. No. Yeah. Uh, and I was amazed that people here don't hit their children. Uh, yeah, they did. So when I was young, there was still... Like you quiet about There was still corporal punishment in schools. Really? Yeah. So it was about like the night ruler? In the, yeah, a DAP, which is a plimsoll training shoe. Uh-huh. Uh, that we've got dapped in, and, yeah, rulers... Uh, my dad was a headmaster. He had a cane. I think I think he genuinely caned people. Really? They had to was they had bring nine, about nineteen eighty-two. They was no longer allowed. They still did a few just for fun. <laughs> Black market. 
Anyway, look, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. Do you want to... I mean, you know, your show's sold out, but you, your show is called... Is it called Philly Philly Wang Wang? Yeah, I couldn't be asked. Yeah. I just <laughs> <laughs> Selling out, you're going to tour. You're touring the show. Yes, the, I'm, touring, the I'm, tour, I'm touring in the spring, yeah. uh, and a bunch of them have just gone on sale. So check yeah. out my website. Go and go and see Phil. He's a fantastic stand-up. There's a great clip of him in the Melbourne Festival. If you want to check him out uh, online, and also check out that, uh, that I was going to say Benedict Cumberbatch, but the other guy, Tom Hiddleston <laughs> thing, which well, I, I think you can watch that once a month for the rest of your life and you'd cry with laughter every time that is my guarantee thank you very much for coming do come and see some more uh, if you're at home come and see one of these thank you very much for coming goodbye thank you bye you have been listening to Rahalastapa at the end of the fringe with me Richard Herring thank you to Pest for providing the music thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and the stand and everyone at gofasterstripe.com the producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to Rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. RichardHerring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>